0: Episode 158 of the Bevan James R Show, How to Improve Effort. Rightio, team welcome along to episode 158 of the Bevan James I'll show your fortnightly podcast on the behaviors that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it I've got a, a good show come, well I hope it's a good show I've got a show that I'm finding very interesting coming up today and I've got a, another a little bit I want to talk about before I get into the main gist of today's show but it's quite interesting because both today's topic and the topic I want to talk about before today's main gist of the show. Um, They both come from meditation that I've had recently and I was kind of meditating. Meditating is one of those things I've done for a long time. I started in 1998. I've pretty much done it most days of my life in the the last kind of 21, 22 years. So it's a habit that I have and, and it offers lots of value to my life. Uh, Sometimes if I'm very highly strung or highly stressed, meditation is just this great kind of release valve Uh, Sometimes if I'm very tired, it can be an energy recharge. I often use it in my day as a way to kind of be focused for the second half of my day But sometimes you kind of just solve problems or you you come up with solutions to things while you're in meditation And um, both the subject I'm going to talk about now and the main part of today's show Kind of came out of some thoughts that I had when I was meditating and, I, and I'm going to talk about one thing right now, and then we'll get to the main gist of the show later on. I had this cool experience yesterday, and I, someone I'm going to get on the show in the next couple episodes—a guy by the name of Jason Tapatu. Jason Tapatu is um, a, a very talented man. He worked in my industry in fitness for a long time, and was one of the superstars in my industry. Very, very successful fitness instructor, um, and just had the ability to draw people to his experiences and as much as there's many things we measure people a a good fitness instructor around the ultimate is do they draw people that that is the ultimate that's really at the end of the day the most important measure because you might be able to describe exercise in the best way possible but if you're not drawing people who really cares (laughs) you know um whereas if you have the ability to draw people uh it's you know that's when you're having a big impact. And Jason Tapatu is one of these people who has always had the ability to draw, draw, draw a massive amount of people to his to his fitness experiences. And there's many reasons why. And when we think about the skills of the job, you know, Jason is an, a multi multi talented man. First of all, as a fitness instructor, he's he's multi. You know, he's just at the highest level. But he was also a very amazing performer. He he's in his time and and more recent times too. He kind of left fitness and went to performing in musical theatre and became a very successful performer in musical theatre, becoming leads in like The Lion King and Jersey Boys and some of the biggest plays or musical theatre shows in the world. And he had a stint, as a long stint doing that career and then kind of came back to fitness in the last period of time and he shifted more into the yoga world of fitness and I think um, he has one of the most successful yoga studios in New Zealand. Uh, and and again, why? Because Jason knows how to draw people to exercise. There's something really powerful about that. Now, when we look at this, what we can say about Jason is that he has the skills. You know, he you know, he can sing, he can dance. Obviously, he can move as a yoga person is going to move. He knows how to speak the language, he knows how to create an emotional journey, which is a really important part of the fitness experience. But fundamentally, the reason he is so successful is he has a heart of love um, and again I'm going to get him on the show in a couple of weeks from now so I don't want to go too much into detail because you're going to hear from him soon but yesterday he actually, Les Mills were touring him around New Zealand and we had a session with him uh, with our instructors here in Christchurch and there's a couple of cool things that came without it, the, the basic message was um, that love builds connection that love builds connection, he talked about, he, he's a moldy man, and so he, he talked about um, the word araha, 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 araha is the moldy word for love, well at least that's what I thought the what it meant, and it kind of is araha means love, and I actually so much so that Joe and I above our bed, in our bedroom, we have these kind of um, artistic letters, <laughs> kind of araha above our bed, because it kind of represents love, and I think it's an important thing in your life, but he broke down what the meaning of, araha meant in Māori, and uh, now I may not be exact on this, and when I get Jason on, I might actually ask him about it, but araha basically is the sharing of breath, that that kind of, when we are sharing breath, we are one, and we are accepting of each other, and I thought, wow, that's really cool, Mouldy, know, the Māori culture has some really, really powerful kind of philosophies, it's, it's really great stuff, and I just love that kind of concept of the, we are sharing breath, and when we think about yoga, yoga is that kind of that sharing of breath and um, again I don't want to talk too much about what Jason's doing because he is going to be coming on the show but one of the things he got us to do and, and it's funny because I've, I live in a world where I get to do lots of kind of workshops and lots of kind of upskilling and all of these types of things and you forget that most people kind of just live their day to day life and so one of the things he got us to do was you had to meet somebody you didn't know and I met a lady called Kate and I may have known, I may know her face but I don't, I don't think I've ever really connected with her and um, we had to sit knee-to-knee. Knee. Now, that was a little bit hard for me. My own <laughs> knees struggled to kind of sit in a bent, you know, like a child sitting down on the mat kind of knees. And you had to connect with your knees. And then you had to take a deep breath together. And you had to keep eye contact for a minute without speaking. It's, a, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing to do. And you could see... As Jason kind of directed the room to do this, you could see there was a lot of, or you could feel there was an uncomfortableness in the air. And at first, what happened was a lot of people just started talking and giggling, and Jason said, Oh, please, guys, can we just kind of keep quiet while we do this? I want you to hold it for a minute in silence. And it was a really interesting experience, and um, it's at first, it's quite a revealing experience, and at first, for me, the experience was at first, and I think this is the kind of consensus that was in the room, was that at first you become very self-aware. You know, imagine, imagine just for you right now, sitting, think of someone at your work who you don't really know, or someone in a hobby, or just someone in your life who, there's a presence, but you don't really know them. And you're going to sit on the ground, knee to knee, so your knees are actually touching, you take a deep breath with that person, and you remain eye contact, eye contact with them for a minute it was um at first it was a very kind of self-aware experience and you could see i like you could see it in each other's eyes like, i could see that kate was a little bit self-aware and i'm sure she felt the same way about me there's a kind of this little bit of awkwardness that we had to had to work through in this moment and then what happened was or at least for me, you know, i can't speak from kate because uh, you know we did talk a little bit afterwards but we kind of moved on but For me where I went to was I just I wanted her to feel safe and cared for like I could tell that it was a little bit uncomfortable for her and she could probably tell it for me and then the feeling that I wanted to have was I just wanted her to feel safe and cared for in this moment and and to me that was quite a revealing thing now I'm not sure if my experience was the same as everybody else in the room and there's a group of about 50 to 60 people in the room so I'm I'm sure lots of people had different experiences but it was interesting that this idea of in this time when I saw vulnerability the place I wanted to go to was to provide safety to the person around me and going back to my meditation and, and there's a theme that's coming through here going back to my meditation so I had this meditation thing a while ago, I had a meditation a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of, at the end of it, I had this kind of epiphany, and, and the epiphany was really quite simple, was that the people who love me in my life will be there for me at all times. The people who love me in my life will be there for me at all times, even when I'm vulnerable, even maybe when I'm not perfect, even, you know, even just, they'll, they'll be there for me. And this experience I had yesterday really connected to me with this, this whole idea of when we allow our world to see the whole self, even the bits that we need to work on, our world's probably just going to love on us. Now think about yourself, think about when you've had somebody in your life show vulnerability to you, what are do you doing at that time? Pretty much guarantee you're not going to reject them. I can pretty much guarantee you're not going to tell them they're a hassle. I can pretty much guarantee that you know it's it's not going to be a bad influence upon them. If anything, at that time in their life when they, when they show vulnerability towards you, you're going to be like me sitting next to Kate yesterday. You 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 want to care and make them feel safe in this situation. And I think, why am I talking about this? Well, I think ultimately there's a lot of people out there who feel um, maybe alone, who feel um, they have to be something else, they can't show the real them, uh, who feel a little bit disconnected with others. Um, they feel struggle, ultimately. And Often, when we're in this situation, we don't actually let the people around us provide what they would want to provide for us at this time. And and I think what I, where I'm trying to get to with this, and I have to admit, I push record today, and I just kind of I'm just going where I'm going, so there was no kind of plan for this part of the show. But I think it's really important. Because ultimately, I suppose, when, for me in my meditation, when I was in this place, so I got out of this meditation, and, and I do feel secure in self, and I do feel love in my life. I'm very fortunate that I feel people love me, and I do, I, I do feel that, I feel very lucky. But it was just this kind of, this moment where it was like, oh, they'll that, be there for you. And there was just, I don't know, there was just a kind of a trust. There was kind of this cool thing that came from it. And so I suppose if you are somebody who's unsure of that in your life, it's partly about you allowing yourself to see that that is there for you, that people will be there for you in your times of need. And that it's okay to show people. Like one of the things I've, I've learned with my clients is that a lot of times they need to develop their ability to show vulnerability to people around them because they so feel a fear of rejection at that time but if you allow them to show vulnerability in the right way and sometimes they need to help the other person to develop as well but actually the person does respond well and when the person does respond well then what that does is it teaches the, the person let's say it's my client that they can trust in this moment and there's a safety that comes with that because there's a safety of say, learning that, hey, if I'm vulnerable and these people respond really well, it's okay for me to be vulnerable. These people are going to kind of give me a metaphoric hug. They're going to be there for me. And I just think, you know, like I, I think ultimately one of the best things you can have in life to be a foundation as a human being is that kind of a sense of unconditional love. You know, I, I think people who have a sense of unconditional love from the most important people in their life have an easier life. And for many people they don't feel they have that But they need to develop that And so if you can allow yourself to
1: First of all And I suppose that's
0: the thing is that First of all to understand that There will be people who want to be there for me And then to maybe show yourself that By allowing yourself to show vulnerability to those people And watch and see how they respond Because if you can watch and see how they respond Then you're going to say Oh this person will be there for me and what does it allow you to do? Or allows you to show more vulnerability. Now this is a two-way street as well because you need to become really great at being there for those people in your life. And I have to admit, as a young man, I was, I've always, I was a bit of a selfish soul. I was kind of so much on my journey, I was not necessarily thinking about the needs of others as much as I've learned to develop in myself. And nowadays, I'm a lot more attuned to the needs of my friends. And I'm a lot more attuned to being a good friend and it's it's not not it's not a job it's not a job at all because it's something I, I want to be a good friend but it is something I'm aware of and it's something I have to put effort into and it's something I I I, I work on and it's because I want my friends to know that no matter what I'm going to be there for them and, and and I feel really proud like I've got a mate of mine and. and I'm, me and my mates we don't really call ring each other and talk And I've got a mate of mine who occasionally just ring me for a chat And, and, and I know there's a deeper problem that they need to get to You know, they're, they're ringing me just for a chat It's, oh, something's up You know, we'll chat for a little bit and then we'll get into the deeper stuff and, and I feel like a really good friend when that phone call comes Because I know that they know they can trust me To, to love on them at that moment And so while it's partly about you learning to show vulnerability to the right people, to let them prove to you that they will be there for you, then it's also about you being there for the other people in your life as well. Because I guarantee if you have a foundation in your core of, oh, I'm always going to be loved, and these people will be there for me. And that was the thing about this kind of meditation moment for me, was that I woke up and I was like, oh, People are going to be there for me. Now that, that was a really powerful moment in my life. And maybe subconsciously I knew it, but it was kind of like it was an awakening moment that I saw it in that moment. And and that's a really good thing to have inside me. And if you don't have that inside you, you need to just show yourself that it's there for you. And, and and I've got to admit, there's probably some people out there listening to this who don't have many relationships at all. And the thing I would say to those people is, you need to build relationships. Relationships you need to find a community like I read a really sad article on a local website recently about an old man who was lonely and he said I wish I'd learned how to play cards because I have no community and it's like that's true, it's sad that you're lonely but it's kind of your job as well you know and you might not be the most socially skilled person but there are communities who look after people in all of these areas so if you don't have people, build relationships put a commitment to build relationships don't do that isolation thing So hopefully there's something there. I suppose if I'm going to kind of do a summary of what I'm talking about here is it's first of all is that people in your life do want to be there for you. And if you can allow yourself to open up to vulnerability, they will prove that you can trust and they will care for you. And like me with Kate, even though I'd only just met this girl really, in that moment I just wanted to care for her, I just wanted to say, hey, you're safe with me. That's all I wanted to feel. Hey, you're safe with me. And so allow yourself to show vulnerability to people who will do that for you, which will then allow you to feel more free to show vulnerability, which will allow you to feel more trusted and loved and, and connected. And then, secondly, it's aim to be that person in other people's lives. When, when people give you clues of showing a vulnerability, be good. And it's a skill you need to learn, like learn some listening skills, learn some reflective listening skills, learn some, you know, learn how to be a good person in that place. Because I guarantee a couple of things are going to happen. If you do that kind of work, you're going to feel better in your world. I don't know, better is the right word. You know, you know kind of that one thing you could have is unconditional love. Well, if you have... If you feel like that's that's what unconditional love is, is that, hey, I'll be there for you no matter what. And secondly, the connection between the both of you will be way better, way, way better. You know, we think of araha, that word love, a Māori, and what is it, the sharing of the breath? Well, when you open up to vulnerability and someone connects with you in a way that accepts you in that place, to me, that is the connection of breath, isn't it? That's āraha at its core. So, just something to think about there. That's there's, uh, there's probably a bit random because that's how I kind of roll on the show, but it's, um, I don't know, I think it's, a, it's important stuff to be working on. You know, people are really important in our life. And the, not just having people in our life, but having deep and meaningful relationships in our life around great people is fundamental to who we are. So... so it's hopefully some stuff to think about there now before we get into the main gist of today's show i want to say thank you to being all my patrons if you want to become a patron of the show it's all very simple you basically go to bevanjamesis.com the new website which i have to say basically the patrons help support uh and you become a patron you go on there and you click on patreon the patreon link and what that does is it basically go to my patreon page donate a little bit of money depending on how much you want each time i release a show you donate that money to the show and when you do you get a cool nickname and i'm going to name a few of the cool patrons uh gonna write something down here and sorry i was typing as i was doing this podcast it wasn't very professional on me um and these people are some of the cool patrons we've got paula the powerful punisher green was a rock star, we've got Marianne Clatt, the Momentum, we've got George Wildball Baker, we've got Mary I've Got the Power, we've got Ginger the Governor Dave, and we've got Phoebe the Stark Sanders, these are all people who support this show each time I release the show, if you want to become a patron go to bevanjamesisles.com and um, yeah, support me in what I do, it really, seriously, it really makes a difference, thank you to all the patrons out there, if you are to co a patron you know what to do, okay let's get into the main gist of today's show. If we think about weight loss, if we go kind of go on the weight loss journey, um, lots of people are trying to do it. i tell you what, there's a it's a massive industry. Weight loss industry is, is absolutely huge. Um, and there's a lot of people who have a lot of dissatisfaction about their weight, who would like to make change. Uh, some get there. Let's be honest, most don't. Um, and a lot of people are going even worse in the wrong direction. And a lot of people spend a lot of their life... Like, you know, you've heard the show. One of the things that um, I love is this kind of how much of your mind space are you wasting on things that are just a waste of your life? And um, a lot of people who are overweight spend a lot of their wife, life worried about their weight. And, you know, I suppose it's a good place to put your energy if, if you're shifting towards a healthier place. But just to worry and not change and sit in that worry for a long time in your life is, um, is a problem. There's a problem. So when we think about weight loss, then what we start to think about is, what are the keys to losing weight? What are the keys to losing weight, Bevan? What are the keys? I I wonder what you're thinking right now. If I I were to have a conversation with you right now, and I say, what do you think are the keys to losing weight? Now, there's some really obvious keys, aren't there? One of the first obvious keys is there probably needs to be a change in the nutritional input in your life. <laughs> that's why we're putting it, the nutritional input in your life. And that's going to be some kind of diet. Um, you know, if, if uh, most of the reason people are overweight is because of the food they put in their mouth. Uh, so if you want to lose weight, that's definitely... Movement helps. Uh, you know, the argument is that actually if you really want to lose weight, Um, you know the the main thing you need to do is address diet but movement definitely helps and actually recently there's a really good study that I read uh, um, talking about how movement was really important for weight loss because you know one of the arguments nowadays is that you know if you really want to lose weight just focus on the diet because actually it's going to have the most of impact and it's kind of a frustrating thing for me because it's kind of like some people will interpret that as I don't need to move and even if you're you know you are trying to lose weight and I'll agree that if you really want to lose weight you, you need to address the diet side of things but it can be frustrating because this just say that movement only offers value in one area and movement offers so much value in so many areas esteem shared experiences life experiences feeling fitter, you know, having more energy in your life, um, problem solving, all these types of things. It's just, it's, just move people, just move, I say. Um, but, but secondly, this study, what it did is they basically, like, it was a big study too, because sometimes you read studies and they go, oh, oh you know, our, our sample size group was 10 people, and you kind of go, well, is this study really that great? But this study was like about 2,500 kids. And what they did with these kids is they they basically said, we're going to give you an exercise routine, and we want you to do it for, now I don't have the exact numbers here, but you'll get the idea, um, you're, you're going to do this exercise routine for three months, but one thing you're not allowed to do while you do you this exercise routine, is you're not allowed to change your diet, you have to eat pretty much exactly what you're eating as you go through this this kind of period. Um, they got to the end of the study, and there were some, some really amazing results. Um, the majority of the people lost weight and got leaner and got fitter. And I was kind of curious, oh, that's really interesting, so maybe movement is really important for weight loss. But the thing about it was, as the majority of the kids who were on this study changed their diet, even though they're told not to. That even in the place where they said, do not change your diet, once people started to add exercise into their lives, they started to see themselves as healthier people their identity shifted, and they started to see themselves in a light, which was more along the lines of, I'm a healthy person. So when you go into the petrol station, you grab a Snickers bars and Coke and bag of chips, if you see yourself as a healthy person, that no longer fits, does it? And what happened was, even though these people were told, do not change your diet, the majority of them did, because the movement helped them see themselves as healthier people. So while we can say that the main way you need to lose weight is to kind of really look at what you're doing with your diet, actually movement has a big part to play with it because, well, fundamentally, you start to see yourself a healthier a healthier person. And healthier people tend to make healthier choices. Second thing just around this, and I've kind of gone off topic here, but um, hey, that's how I roll. Um, another study I read, which is really interesting, is that, while you will say that nutrition is the key to weight loss, if you look at people who add nutrition and exercise in, the people who add exercise alongside a diet change tend to hold the weight loss over the long term. People who just do a diet change tend to yo-yo back to the weight that they started at. So it's just another kind of reason to move. Um, so again, if I go back to what that, my base question of what is You know, what are the key things to lose weight? So we'd probably agree, well, you need to, you know, you need to change your diet. Um, There's some other things that come in here as well, isn't there? And there's many things we neglect. Uh, But one of the things I, I, again, like like I talked earlier in the show about how um, today's shows really came from two meditations I have, and I was meditating a couple of weeks ago, and and I was, God knows why I think it, like meditation, you don't go into it thinking about anything, you just kind of go into it and things pop up. Um, but I was this thing popped up and it was like, oh Bev, do you know what the, the key to weight loss is? Effort. The key to weight loss is effort. And as I thought this, I remember I was doing a talk a while ago, I was doing a talk for a local personal trainer actually got all her clients and she wanted me to talk for her clients. So it was quite cool. And um, at the end of it, some lady came up to me and she was one of, one of these, she'd lost like 40 kg. She she was the ultimate weight loss journey. Uh, you never would have, you know, you, she just just like a normal, not that overweight people aren't normal, but she looked like a person who was in a healthier weight range now. Um, and she just came up to me and you know I'd done a talk so she was pretty proud of herself she wanted to share her experience with me and she said oh you know I, I've lost 40kg and I lost it about five five years ago and I love that person I'm really curious about that person and the reason I'm curious about that person because there's a lot of yo yos out there there's a lot of people who lose weight put it back on lose weight put it back on don't lose weight end up putting more weight you know their journey is just this kind of yo-yo of up and down whereas this person had lost 40kg And five years later We're still in the same place And I Like I love that person Because I'm really curious About what makes them successful Because I haven't had The weight loss journey I've never been You know I've had a couple moments In my life Where I'm a few kg overweight But I've never been overweight And um, This person did And And I said Oh so what's the key to success And she said Oh Bev it, it, It always takes effort Even now It always takes effort It always takes effort Even now So even five years after the fact, you know, where they'd lost 40 kg and made quite a transformational life experience, it would always take effort. And so when we think about the key to weight loss, to me, there are many keys, and it's, it's unfair to say there's only one key, but to me, I think one of the fundamental keys we need to get right is your ability to be successful with effort. Because let's be honest, when you're trying to change weight loss, so there's many areas you need to address. You need to create behavior changes around your nutrition. You need to have learn emotional tools to replace the times where you've, you've used food as an emotional outlet. You need to make sure um, you get support from your friends and your family. There's this kind of all these, you know, losing weight is just not a one-tier thing you need to do. There's kind of this multi-tier approach you need to get right to get it right. And the thing about all this change is all of it takes effort. And so, if we're going to say that one of the keys to be successful in weight loss, and, and I know I'm talking weight loss today, but kind of change, because it's kind of in any area of your life, you need to learn to enjoy effort. You need to learn to enjoy effort. Because if effort is always hard and burdensome, burdensome is that a word? Yeah, hopefully. Um, if it's always hard and you don't like effort, what are your chances of changing? And if I think back to the lady who's lost 40kg, while there's always effort, I'm sure she's learned to enjoy effort. And and also, I'm sure she loves the reward of effort because she is that person who's sustained it for a very long time. So, today I want to talk about effort. Today I want to talk a lot about... And I've, got, I want to paper. I've made some notes before the show. And... Ultimately, what I want to think about is how do you develop an ability to love effort? You know, when you think about athletes, you think about how hard athletes work. You think of an elite athlete in any sport; they have an ability to work hard, man, man. You you, you know, if you ever get the chance to go watch a top athlete in their sport train, you know, when they are in their A game time that you're just seeing human effort at its best you know I, like I love it when I'm teaching and you can look up and you can see your class just in effort you know it's a, such a beautiful thing to see and really if you can start to learn to have an inner love for effort well then your chances of achieving the change you want in your life becomes so much easier so today I kind of write wrote down some thoughts around how to improve effort and so I suppose the first, because ultimately where would I like you to be here at the end of this? Well, I want you to have an understanding of some tools to get to a place where you can start to work on effort and then get to a place where you understand it if it's enjoyable and then get to a place to actually, you know, if it is good for my life. You know, so I suppose the first thing we need to do is measure. And what do I mean by measure? Measure is very much about where are you? And so let's kind of, let's think about this as a bit of a project for you, so a bit of a how-to. So first of all, let's say that the first thing we're trying to say is, how good are you at effort right now? And maybe one thing to really identify with this is to go to yourself, I'm going to choose one area. So so identify one area of your life you need to do some change in right now. It might be weight loss. It might be adding movement. It might be um, solving problems. It might be a hobby. It might be... Just whatever it might be, communication with a hard relationship. Um, you know, there's many areas we try to change. So, so right now, all I want you to do is to identify one area where you'd like to get better at effort. Okay. The analogy I always use piano, so I'm going to do piano. So, um, so, effort and piano. Okay. So, so the first thing you need to do is you need to get an understanding of how good you are at effort right now. So. Let's use a diet analogy. So how good are you at diet right now? And one thing I really want you to think about is it's kind of that thing of a food diary, isn't it? Food diaries are such a powerful tool because they just don't lie. They they really help you just get awareness. And that's the point. That's why step one is really important. We're just trying to understand where you are right now. So you may even want to try an effort diary in that area. So let's say it's weight loss. So what you could do is, don't even worry about doing a food diary, just do an effort diary in the next week. You might choose, you know, food diaries often say like do three days a week, a typical day, a random day and a weekend day, something like that. Um, and what you're looking at is around diet, how do I go off my effort? So for example, let's say it's that kind of thing of, um, I tend to over portion size my meals or I tend to go back for seconds or um, I have no resistance when it comes to um, temptation like going to the supermarket and getting stickers bars or going to the petrol station or, um, you know, just things like this. So looking, uh, looking just getting understanding. Now when you're doing your measuring, it's not just the bad. You might also identify, actually in these areas, I'm a rock star. So when when I'm out with friends and they ask for dessert, I'm I'm really good at saying no there. So that's that's an area where I'm really good at effort. Uh, When I go to petrol station, grab a Snickers bar, not so good with effort there. So you're really just trying to paint a picture of where you are right now. So that's the first step you've got to get right. Because unless we know where we are right now, it's really hard to devise a plan to help you improve like thinking as a running coach one of the first things you've got to do with an athlete is you've got to kind of go figure out where they are right now and one of the things i do as a coach is particularly if i'm doing one-on-one coaching is you're trying to devise where they are right now and then you try to advise what they need to develop in themselves. Now, as a running coach, one of the, you know the, what we need to develop in them is is obviously speed and training and endurance and intervals and all the types of running training you're going to do. But other things you've got to understand as a coach is what's this person's like ability like to actually consistently turn up and do the sessions. So, like when I first get somebody to train with me, I, I, I give them a pretty basic program because I've got to just kind of learn this person. You know, and and that's what a good coach is doing. A good coach is not just giving you an exercise routine, they're trying to develop you as a person and learn where are the strengths in your personality and where are the ways, the areas we need to develop you as a whole as a person so that you can become that higher level person. So that's why the measuring of effort is really important. So you can identify okay, well, here's where I do really well with effort, and here's where hmm, I need to do some work. Now, once you've spent some time measuring, and, and again, if you're going to, you know, use this this podcast today as a bit of a project, kind of, you know, I would say pause now, or <laughs> well, listen to it now, but go back and work through this, but um, do a week of measuring, measuring effort, measuring effort, you know, again, every day, random day, you know, moments in your day, identify where you're you know, good and where you're bad. So then the second part of the process is, is to identify a couple moments to be able to grow, and I kind of think that what you want to think about here is don't try to do it all at once you know like I I I think I may have talked about this in the past but it's this kind of idea of if I were to give someone a, a the year diet you know the year diet where you try to create change for somebody over a year not not over twelve weeks. Not an eight week challenge. You know, that eight week challenge is just great yo yo. But if you think you know, I'm going to do a diet that's a year, and I did. I think I did a podcast on a while ago, and it's kind of the idea of the first month you've got to learn how to nail breakfast time. You know, how do you make great choices at breakfast time? And, uh, and you know, now you're going to research what food's going to work for me. B, I'm going to get into the habit of it. C, I'm going to be consistent with it. B, I'm going to learn strategies around how to, be, you know, all this kind of things. night before, all the rest of it. And then after a month, you nail breakfast. And then what you're going to do is the second month, you might nail mid-morning or morning up to lunch. And, you, you know, and again, so it's this kind of layering effect. And once you've measured identify and, and the reason why this one year project works is because it's it's not trying to change everything at once because that's a really hard project and it takes a lot of effort and often what happens in that situation is people just get fatigued because it's too overwhelming and they ultimately just quit. Whereas if you were to take kind of a step by step winning moment, you know, just trying to win a couple moments at a time and you learn to be successful in those moments and then you move once you kind of can cons- sit consistently in those moments, then you move on to the next series well then there's a higher chance of long-term sustainable change. And that's what I'm kind of saying here, is that once you've measured effort, you want to identify maybe two areas to work on. And maybe a good idea, and I'm just kind of thinking about this as I'm talking, but maybe a good idea is to go, one that's a pretty easy one. You know, and actually, I'm actually going to say maybe, and again, a lot of today's show is just me thinking on my feet, but actually... Maybe the first couple of steps should be easy wins, because the reason I'm thinking about this is this kind of Dave Ramsey thing, Dave Ramsey, I've I've talked a lot about on the show over the years, he's a a financial guy and he has this thing called the debt snowball, and the debt snowball effect is um, when you have debts, what you want to do is you basically write all your debts down, and this is financial debts I'm talking about here, and you get the lowest one. So let's say you've got a, a $50 bill you owe a mate. Uh, and then you've got a $150 power bill that you're running a little bit behind on. Behind it you've got a $2,000 visa bill. And then you've got a car loan of $10,000. And then you've got a, a, a personal finance loan that you got that's 15000 Then you've got a mortgage. So you've got like you know seven or eight debts here. And logically, the car loan you're paying 20% on Um, and, you know, the power bill, you're paying 8% on, and and so so the car loan, if you're you're going to get your calculator out, what you would say is you'd say, well, the car loan is the one I'm going to do most because I'm paying the most interest on it. And logically, that makes sense. But emotionally, it doesn't work the best way possible. And what kind of Dave says, and and I really believe this, is that, You've got to get the first one, so you go back and you go, okay. Well, is that fifty dollars that I owe my mate, and that's the first one I'm going to pay off. And why am I going to pay that off? Because it makes me feel like I'm building momentum. So once I pay that fifty bucks off, then I, you know the extra money I'd save to pay that off. Then what I do is I put that on the hundred and fifty dollars that I've saved. I mean, for that power bill that I had, and so then then you pay off the power bill, and then you go, okay, okay, now I've got, you know, that i the, the visa bill that's a couple thousand dollars and then you pay that off and then it's like, okay, now I can get to the car loan. And what that does is it kind of creates this sense of success. It's a snowball effect he talks about and it's that I am emotionally winning this journey. So actually, thinking about that in this kind of model that I'm putting together here right now is once you've done your measurement, choose the two easiest wins you can have around effort. So we'll use the diet analogy. If you know that when you go out to a party, and and I have a real issue with how um, social gatherings are, are really set up for just making people eat poorly. Um, Joe and I actually had a really cool experience around. Oh no, I'm going all over the place today, I'm, I'm doing it. But Joe and I had a really cool experience recently. We went to, around to a friend's house called Tim and Hayley. And uh, man, they have the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate entertainers house. Tim is this really lovely guy and he, he's the ultimate handyman and he's created the ultimate barbecue area. Literally a barbecue, pizza oven, smoker. He's got a, a like you you know when you go into a bar and you know behind the bar they have the beer fridge and it's got all the alcohol. He's got one of those there with full of alcohol. It's just unbelievable. We went around for a social gathering. Great night, really awesome night. And They just served us dinner. That's all they had. Didn't have any nibbles out beforehand. They didn't have a massive dessert afterwards. It wasn't a smorgasbord. We just went and filled your plate up and went back for seconds or something. They just served us a plate, and, and um, we had enough. I wasn't hungry. And I remember going home that night and i said to Joe, "How cool was that? That we weren't just, you know, gorging all night because of just temptation was in front of us all the time." And I, you know, this is a total topic thing, but. I do think there's something in there. I do think that maybe as host, you know, because you go to parties and first of all you walk in the door and there's just food everywhere, and then there's often a main, and then you have a dessert, and you walk home, and you go, oh my god, I've just eaten like crazy. Now, for a lot of people who are trying to lose weight, can you imagine how much effort that one is? That's a lot of effort. That's going to, you know, you're going to have to really learn to love effort to win that one. But maybe it's, you know, if you are the person who grabs a Snickers bar when you go into the petrol station. To learn to win that effort's a lot easier, isn't it? And so when we think about step two, which is choosing my first two baby step wins with effort, that's what you'd want to think about. Is, okay, well, I've identified when I'm good at effort and I've identified my areas where I need to improve. And I'm going to choose those smaller bills, you know, the smaller financial bills from Dave Ramsey. I'm going to choose those to be the first areas I'm going to learn to win on this journey. So again, let's just use this petrol station analogy. I'm going to learn how to win that. So then what you do is you kind of... Okay, so then step three. So then you need to develop a plan. You need to develop a plan of what you're going to try practice around that time. And, and so step three is the plan. So... Um, You know what? What are you going to do? Okay, well, you know, I might as I'm driving to the petrol station, I'm going to tell myself I'm I'm going to make sure I get back in the car without going to the Snickers bar. It might be that you, you know, you go to a petrol station where you can pay at the pump, so you don't even have to go into the petrol station and see the Snickers bar. So you're just trying to find a plan that's going to help you work through the situation. I think the third step is to learn about effort when you're in it. To learn about effort when you're in it. So then when you actually go to the petrol station, you're trying to learn effort and you're trying to use strategies through that. So kind of learn the moment. So have a plan, have a strategy, but then when you're there, try to learn, just kind of experience what it's like. Okay, What's it like when I'm in this place? Then, see how you go. Now, post the experience, there's two things you've got to do. If you've had success... You have to bring an emotional charge to yourself. You have to feel great about the fact you've done it. Don't just go, oh yeah, okay, I did well. It's like, man, I nailed that. I absolutely say I am a legend because I didn't eat the Snickers today. Now I know that might seem over the top, but if you can learn to mentally and emotionally reward yourself for this, you start to enjoy the effort. You start to feel good about yourself, about effort. And so that next time, when you, you know, you go to a you don't have it, you feel good about yourself again. And what becomes appealing to yourself is the, the you know, winning the effort. And, you know, also post so so reward the effort and also just reflect and learn from it. So reflect, okay, what did I do well and why did this work? So then what the steps would do be is that once you and I I would say you want to sit in the baby steps, you want to step in those first few areas for a short period, for a period of time where it's kind of gone you know like that the idea of just getting buying something bars is, is, is dead to you it's gone okay so that's what you want to think about from there then what you do is once you're on top of those first couple areas then what you do is you move into slightly more challenging ones so now you've paid off your mate and you paid your power bill you might go for that low visa bill that you have and then once you've done that low visa bill for a while you're going to kind of look at that car loan And then once you've done that car loan, you know, then you're going to look at that personal loan that you got. And then once you've done that, you're going to get paid pay off that house. And that might be the party where there's so much temptation. And even though I think there's probably some good discussions to have in society around how do we have parties that actually kind of encourage health, you know how to go to those parties and actually walk away going, you know what, I ate pretty healthy night, and I feel really good about how I went about that, and I enjoyed the effort of it. Because that's the thing about the sports star. It is hard work. You know, if you want to be a rock star sports star, it is hard. But I guarantee you, ask most sports stars, do they like it? And sure, I'll guarantee there'll be some who don't, but most of them actually love the effort of it as well. And that's what we want you to be, is to kind of be the person at the party and, and not frowning upon others, not judging others, but just you can be the person at the party and say, I love the fact that I can sit in this space right now and I can have resistance right there. I This doesn't tempt me. I, I enjoy this resistance that I have. Now do you think in the area that you identified earlier around your change in your life, do you think if you were to go through this process and you could learn to love effort in this area, you would be able to create change? And not just change. You could be like the lady who talked to me after that talk who lost 40 kgs. For five years, it sustained it. Like she'd done it. She'd won. She, she'd done it. And what did she say to me? Bev, it always takes effort. But do you think you could be that person if you learn to enjoy effort? Now, to me, that's what we want to do. So to kind of wrap things up here, what we want to say is, if you want to create change, if you're not going to like effort, it's going to be really hard for you to create change. But if you can enjoy effort and actually look at effort as a real powerful tool, your your enjoyment of effort as a powerful tool towards change, your chance of change goes through the roof. And the method I've introduced today is, first of all, is you need to get some understanding. That's by measuring how you handle effort in the area you identified. Once you've understood that, break down some different areas to work on and then use the baby step. Look for your easy ones first. Once, Once you've discovered maybe two areas to identify to work on right now, develop a plan. And then when you get to the moment where you have to kind of work through it, try to stick to your plan, just learn what effort is in that moment. Post that. If you've done well, reflect and reinforce. But also you really need to praise and emotionally reward yourself for that. So if you've done well, you really need to, you know, don't don't diminish it. Don't diminish it. Reward yourself. Own it. Feel good about it. Then from there, keep doing it until you get to the point where that area no longer is a problem, that you enjoy your effort. Then, transfer into the next step on your baby steps of your growth. Over time, I believe that if you do this, you'll, you'll get to a place where actually if it's a real powerful part of your life. And, and I imagine what happens is, you know, you just don't overcome the areas you're trying to solve. You actually look at it as an area to help you grow with ambition. And that's where it gets really exciting. Because if we go back to that thing I talked about earlier, you know, the wasted space of worrying about weight loss. If you've lost your weight and you know how to enjoy effort and you've got more mind space to put in other areas of your life you can put effort towards ambition and that's when it gets exciting because you can kind of say I want to I do this with my life and I know how to do effort so I'm going to put my effort into that and that is powerful stuff so think about this do the work and I guarantee if you will you'll be a higher version oh. of yourself Righty, I think that's pretty much the main gist of today's show, done and dusted. Pretty excited, actually. My wife and I were heading off to Bali in a couple of weeks' time. We're um, getting to mid time of the year, and we need a, a mid winter break, um, or actually the beginning of winter, because we're about to hit winter. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's amazing how much you just sometimes need a rest and I need a rest, and so my wife and I, were going to head to Bali, and I'm pretty excited, but we are going to, I'm going to be releasing shows, so I'm going to get a couple of interviews, hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll get Jason Tapatu on for the next one, and then I've got another guy who I want to interview, who is a guy I know from years ago, he used to come to my classes years ago, and then he moved to Australia, and I've been kind of watching him on Facebook, and he's doing this amazing work around mental health, um, really, really powerful stuff, so I'm, I'm, fingers crossed I can arrange an interview with him, because, um, you know, it's a pretty important area. So look out for the next few episodes. If you enjoy the show, you can become a patron on my show. Just go to bevanjamesisles.com. You'll see the link to the Patreon page. And and if you want to see the show notes for the podcast, just look up top on the menu up top, podcast, just click on that, and that's where you get the show notes or any links associated to any shows. Um, Also, uh, if you enjoy the show, please spread the word about the shows. Uh, You can tell your friends. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, on all the Google places. Um, anything else if you want to email me James at gmail.com and that's pretty much it I finish though by saying keep being you so make sure you do that and I'll see you in a couple of weeks time This be about for now